What do you say? Man, pussy, baby, whatever. Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rose, and this is my wife, Rosie. Hi, we're expecting our first baby in the summer of 21. Rosie's carrying the baby. I am. And I'm carrying the weight of her mood swings. Hey! So if you're new, make sure you catch up with the last season to hear all about how we got here and tune in every week to hear us gradually get more and more terrified of giving birth to a whole new responsibility. Good luck us! To join in the conversation, use the hashtag RoseandRosiePG. You're listening to Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance, a Spotify original podcast. So today, we're going to be discussing the corruption that's happening in the fertility industry. Now, we already touched upon this in episode two of season one, but now we're going to be discussing how the pandemic has further impacted the fertility industry and the lengths that people have had to go to due to, yeah, lockdown, the pandemic, things being shut. Yeah. It's really interesting and scary, you know, because obviously it's been nearly a year. God. Nearly a year. Nearly uh, a since, year. Since it kicked off in England. No, it's probably been over a year for people, for example, in China and other places. But for us, you remember the date. You're quite good. When, yes. in, Eng- when in England well, did it happen? I remember you and I went on lockdown on about the 20th of February last year. We did it earlier, we? Didn't did we? it slightly earlier because we were a bit nervous about everything. And that's how long we've been pretty much isolating yep. from the world. Yep. And... We've been having like big talks lately, Rosie and I, about how lockdown will affect us directly when the baby is born. Yeah. And I think we freaked out a little bit because we've just been supplied with Boris Johnson's kind of like roadmap out of lockdown. We obviously record these podcasts a few weeks in advance before they yeah. go live. Just so. in case the baby comes early and then I can't make a exactly. can't make podcast. And Rosie and I are still a little bit confused about kind of like where we stand in terms of support bubbles when the baby's born yeah. and or if, of course, everything is lifted by then that would be the dream Um, and hopefully fingers crossed that will happen but in the event that it doesn't happen we're like okay so we're going to have this baby who is allowed round what are we going to do when you go into labour where can I drop the dogs off are the kennels open will my mum be able to come and help me will we have to choose between your mother and my mother and that is politics right Right, now that is is (laughs) politics what's really interesting is in England the NHS guidelines are like if you have a child under one I think it is but you're allowed to support now I don't know if it's one person or a support family. I don't but know. You are asking the wrong person. I've I got don't know what I, I know that you're allowed. If we were st- say we're still in lockdown when our baby's born, yeah. um, I'm allowed support from one other person at right. least, so it can come and help with childcare, which people need, obviously, especially if they're working and stuff. Mm. You know, how can they look after a child 24 seven in lockdown and work from For home? Sure. But we were like, okay, that's fine. So we know that's happening. But then it's like, okay, but what about before you've got the actual baby? Yeah. So, like, we were starting to talk about our birth plan and... Our many birth having, plans. Yeah, our many birth plans. Our 15 million yeah. birth plans. So we started planning those. And uh, we, I was like, um, oh, my mum might be able to come around and look after the dogs if in the event that I have to go to hospital. Yeah. In the event that kennels aren't open because we don't know <laughs> if they're open, right? And we've got, like, and you were 16 like, dogs now. And we know? were like, but is she allowed in our house to come in? Yeah. And obviously it depends when and stuff. But also I know he's got this roadmap where he's like six people will eventually be allowed indoors. Right. But um, he also has certain requirements, doesn't he? Like, but this has to be going so well for that to happen. Right. And so in the event that, you know, we're still kind of in lockdown. Yeah, or semi-lockdown. I, I don't know what's literally legal. And I was like, oh my God, what if someone comes round? And also, am I allowed to doula? So obviously Rose is my like partner, my birth partner. 
inspiration. Know, and, and I'll have a and I'll have a midwife, right? So that they're obviously doing their job. They're allowed round right. if I have a home birth. Mm-hmm. But some people like a doula, like another extra person there, normally someone who's given birth, you know. And I'm like, am I? Am I allowed that? Do you need a doula? Okay, this raises another yeah. argument between you and I. I find it somewhat offensive that <laughs> this is so bad. No, you but, can say your opinion. No, I just, I, I totally understand why you'd want someone who had already given birth at yeah. your birth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. An extra but, support. An extra, but, but what, but like, don't you think, with respect, yep. I and a midwife would be enough, enough. for you. It's funny. It I, upsets me. I think this is really interesting because uh, do you think you would think this if you were the biological father yes. of our child? You would. It's all about the fact that I am your emotional stability. You are my emotional st- Well, I, I like to think I'm also my own emotional stability. <laughs> no, I like to think yeah, that. No, but no, yeah, you are, but you're you are. my extra emotional But that surely, that doula, will impede on my role as support figure. It's really interesting. I'd love to know what the listener thinks because... I love how we've gone off on a serious tangent Yeah, we're going right off on a tangent as usual. We'll this get back important. on track. We'll get back on our roadmap. <laughs> So the other night, I was trying to relax. Mm-hmm. And before bed, obviously, the best thing to do is, you know, stop stimulating yourself with, like, scrolling and all the that news. stuff. So what I did is I went on the Daily Mail yeah. and I had a good browse yeah. uh, just to wind down. Yeah. And, um, and it really and, worked. It was effective oh, in that, wasn't it? Was it was really good. Very yeah, relaxing, it's, it's really, the Daily Mail. really relaxing. Um, and I saw an article about the online black market to find sperm donors and yeah. how the pandemic has really surged um, private Facebook groups um, to... To, to try and source donors um, kind of like, you know, off the grid to get their sperm. And it really, really bothered me because, first of all, obviously it's not like... It's not kind of like the verified clinical way of, of, of doing it. I'm not mm. saying there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but obviously it comes with its risks. It comes mm. with its, you know, warnings. But apparently some men have started charging up to like 200 pounds per sample and some men are actually demanding to have sex with people to donate yeah. naturally yeah and i was like oh my god desperate people who are desperately well, yeah. wanting a child and can't maybe they can't get access to the sperm banks as well like for example loads of people have lost their jobs so maybe they can't obviously they can't like afford to go to a sperm bank so maybe this is why they're seeking these well that's methods. it and obviously like I mean we've discussed before that sperm banks you know their pricing is kind of you know astronomical you know yeah. in, in some but then, sense but then can you put a price on a life well, on this creating is, well, life this is, this is what I'm this is, and they this go is through rigorous question. testing as well exactly this is my question I mean can you necessarily blame people for you know sourcing sperm this way during this pandemic because like if we weren't pregnant right now and we didn't have any sperm samples left i definitely think it would be something that we would consider mm. I mean, we've already talked about the fact that yeah. we looked we did go on an app didn't we? Just, we went we, on an app we fell down that spermy rabbit hole didn't yeah. we um and you know we, we have discussed that but like you know do you think these people are being exploited by black market donors or do you think that you know they have no option how much did you say the people were charging? Two hundred. Two hundred pounds a sample. So, so um, compared to sperm bank prices, mm. that's not actually that bad. No, it's right. relatively cheap. I'd but, say. but there's there's so many like different things that come with it. Like for example, like um, I, I imagine they haven't got the technology to freeze their sperm. So I imagine right. it's a live sample, which you've then got like a, a, a limited amount of time. Mm. So you'd have to, I guess, track your ovulation at home, get this sample and then immediately use it because we all know sperm only lives for so long outside of the body unless right. it's frozen. Right. Um, also, yeah, okay, it's, 200 isn't that bad, but then um, 
compared to some sperm bank prices, but then sperm banks, you know, they they clean the sperm, they do testing of the sperm. Right. How do you know if the motility, how do you know that guy's, that well, person's you, not shooting blanks? Well, you don't really, well, depending on each, like, circumstance, I can only assume that you would know very little about your sperm, whereas if you yeah. did it through a clinic, you know pretty much everything there is to know medically about that donor. Mm-hmm. Um, you also don't know if that person um, had any diseases or anything that you could catch via the sperm, because that's one of the reasons sperm banks um, wash their sperm. Well, this is why the online black market has been described by the HFEA as unregulated and carries significant risks, which I think Mm. it does. But what are these people supposed to do? Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention um, our own sperm donor was affected by the pandemic uh, because some donors can't get in to donate because of lockdown, because of where they are. Uh, Clinics have had to shut, so there's like a shortage of sperm. Can I also just say, very quickly, I'm just going to interject you one moment. Go on. If you were a sperm donor and lockdown was suddenly lifted, would donating sperm be the first thing you would do on your list? No, not really, unless unless you really need the money for sperm donating. But also there's um, there's rules and regulations against how much um, like facilities, like banks and stuff, can pay a sperm donor as well. There's rules against it. Like they can't pay them too much. I think it's like maximum like 50 pounds or something yeah i don't know why but there's a law around that but uh, i read that sperm donors were already needed that it was already in demand before the pandemic because there's more things like there's been more legalization in many countries of gay marriage right so there's more um gay couples who are now legally able to be married and then have children mm. and also there's more single mothers because it's less even though that's obviously there's unfortunately still a stigma around being single parents uh like it's you know the world is getting better yeah. and more progressive so more people are single parents who are like yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna use a sperm bank so sperm was already in high demand and now there's been the pandemic and another reason it affected uh sperm donations in the pandemic was people couldn't go in for their testing right. so to be a sperm donor you have to have testing and then you have to have follow-up testing to to continue donating. You yep. have to be tested every time you do it just to check that, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. just testing your health, I guess, mm-hmm. or that you haven't got anything wrong with you. So it's massively affected it. So there was already a drive of back alley sperm donations because of the astronomical prices. Not everyone can afford it. Yep. And I can't blame people for wanting hope in the pandemic. Of course. You know, we did that. I, I, I've said before, but if we weren't pregnant right now, mm. after around a year of lock lockdown, yeah. I know there has been some breakup, but basically essentially being scared yeah. of the virus, you know, I think I'd we, be in, I, I in think, a different place mentally. Yeah, and I think we would consider a different option because yeah. what other options have you got? Especially yeah. if you're in a situation where it might be your only kind of like chance you know like like biologically for whatever health reason yeah. and you cannot miss that window i mean my heart really does break for these people yeah. whose whole lives whole futures have been affected by a pandemic and just you know logistics and, and and being able to easily access medical treatment in clinics you know not being open it's it, it's totally fucked them up and i just think well of course you're going to find an alternative way yeah of course i can't blame them i just hope for the best because anything that's done like that you know it comes with its risks mm. and i just hope that there definitely are people who've done it that way and yeah, maybe they know someone like a known donor and that's all fine and maybe it's a friend. But then it's scary when you said about like people forcing people to have sex with people. Yeah, that's so, just not cool, is it? So I wanted to read you an article, just some quotes from this an article in the mirror about this famous sperm donor. He's really famous because he's got 150 kids. What? Um, yeah, he's cool. He calls himself Joe Donor, which is okay. his real name. He's okay. like an anonymous guy and he's just got three more British people pregnant in the pandemic. He says the pandemic won't stop him. 
Um, but what he said was, I just wanted to read out some really funny quotes. So this is what Joe Dona says. He says, helping women create the gift of life is the best presence of all. I'm always ready to climb down that chimney and give women the dream baby they've always wanted. Then he said, most of them don't want to have sex as they say it causes too many issues in their relationship or they're lesbians, but it's more effective when it's natural. She's more effective when it's natural. What's what does like, that mean? Does that mean then that he actually has sex naturally with a lot of a lot of people. To well, conceive. he said, I'd say about three of those women I have met, I've had sex with, and two of those are pregnant. Wow. Um, he says, but not everyone reports back and lets me know if they're expecting. Oh, my so God. So he literally... So, so okay. Okay, Joe. What's it called? Joe's Joe Donor. Joe Donor. Joe Donor. Joe Donor. I think it's is like Jane Doe. Joe Donor. Uh, no, I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> is his heart in it for the right reasons? I think his penis is in it for the right reasons. Yeah, I think, And that's pretty much I think so too. as far as but that goes. This is scary, right? Because it's leading us into scary territory where that person has a lot of power over maybe a desperate person who need, you know, desperately right. wants to have a baby. Like you said, Rose, it might be their like last chance. Um, Do you think people are getting blackmailed? Into this. I think I think, Do you think it's possible. It could, what if what if there's someone who says I'll give you my sperm, meet me here, and then and then they're kind of like, oh no, we only do it this way, uh, or, or not at all. I think like, that it absolutely happens. It's like that scene on the L word when Bentina. Yeah, they did that was yeah. the reverse, and he was like, no, I only do it naturally, you know. Oh yeah, you know, do you remember? And yeah. he said something like, um, what did he say? Man, pussy, baby, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> but it was really weird, and we were like, oh my god, how awkward, what a situation. But um, yeah, no, I think it can get um, really scary. And then another thing I wanted to talk about was not only are people going down the back alley to get sperm. Apparently, uh, over this last year, mm. sperm banks sales have been up twenty percent in the past year. Twenty really? percent because people can't date, so they're stuck at home alone. Do you think that's it? I, they said they said that was one of the reasons. And egg freezing has also risen by forty one percent this year. I can from understand one that. I can clinic. totally understand that because as a person who I think does potentially want to carry yeah um you know approaching mid-30s i i feel like i can understand why people would do that i i understand why people would do that anyway yeah. like more, more and so. also it might just be things like being at home in the pandemic some maybe away from work or away from certain environments might give you that t- opportunity to think about what you want yeah you know like if you're in a really corporate environment maybe and then you actually spend time locked down furloughed at home you might start thinking oh you know what do I want from life? Right. Is this what I no, want? Totally. Oh my God. Our producers just sent us a picture of Joe Donor's kit to impregnate people, right? <laughs> I don't know what one of these things is. Rosie, I don't know what any of them are. Okay. That things... looks like a USB stick. Is that porn? <laughs> what is that? That looks like a USB stick. It's He's got USB some blue stick. gloves, like, right. a doc- like a dentist or doctor glove. Now, do you think that's for a fetish or actually something medical? I mean, what medically is he doing? Like, I don't know. I like, assume he'd wash his hands. Maybe it's because due to the coronavirus. Maybe it's when he gives <laughs> gives donates to it. Maybe he has a mask on and gloves. Yeah, maybe. And hands in the side. Okay, then he's got a sample pot. That's nice. That's actually in packaging. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Like what that. does that say? Microscope slides. Oh, wow. Is that to view the sperm after it's... But no, wait, microscope. Wait. Unless, what's that? What is that? Is What is that? It looks like um, an electric hand blender. <laughs> like in the kitchen. Like a food it's processor, not, like I don't, a manual one. Is it a baster? I don't think it is, but it literally looks like a whisk, but there must be some reason. Oh, oh my God. It's not something to look up. I know that's what a speculum is, but it do, it's not just like... Like a, a vagina does, torch. It does look, yeah. Does that like Can a we telescope? just talk about the James Bond style briefcase? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, that, like, it's, like, it. it's like metal aluminium plated, <laughs> bulletproof. Yeah. Our producer just confirmed that it's actually a vaginal torch. Well, in what, what, sorry, what's that to check? That what you do have a cervix? No. Like what, like Rosie, what, look, it's in what, case he gets lost. What, what's the vaginal 
National Torch for? Please tell me. And what's oh, the well, USB stick that's not a USB stick? I don't know what that's for. And what's that tiny thing? A pencil sharpener. I have oh, right, no idea. Okay, of course. No clue. Yeah, yeah. For taking notes halfway through. What would be in your kit to impregnate me? Oh, babe, I don't need a kit. Ah! I'm just going to wink at you. Ah, <laughs> done. <laughs> So talking about like back alley sperm, yeah. that's not the only thing people are doing, right? Uh, so people are buying and selling fertility drugs on Instagram Oof. to cut the costs of expensive IVF treatment, which totally, again, it's really expensive. How do they know the drugs are legit though? Well, exactly, Rose. So, uh, All there's, right, mummy. <laughs> there's a thriving trade of IVF drugs on Instagram, Reddit and other corners of the internet like Craigslist and stuff. Right. I've never been on Craigslist. No. Um, but basically, not only are buyers breaking the law because in certain countries you're not allowed to like share medicine or give medicine you know you're, if you're not a licensed medical provider you right. can't do that but it could be expired it could be poorly stored like some um ivf drugs are injectables that um like my migraine injection have to be kept at a certain temperature and if it comes out of that temperature mm. um you can't use it so then you're buying something Shit, that's risky. Stuff. but not just that Different people need different things. So some right. people um, take drugs to delay ovulation, some to speed up ovulation. Yeah. So you need the right thing. Yep. And you, no, they haven't got a medical expert telling them how much they need because I had a friend who did IVF and um, they took a, a, an injectable drug daily to stimulate their egg the growth. Eggs. Yeah, yeah. And then they went and got checked every two days every two days for about 10 to 14 days and they would say take more injections no take less you've done too many like they'd scan her and say oh you've got producing too many eggs now so drop it down to one every other day or you know and so if you haven't got that equipment to scan yourself and know what's going on inside you you could seriously what if you seriously messed yourself up you know you what if you made yourself oh, ill it really upsets me though that people have been put in this position like it's really quite heartbreaking yeah. isn't it that people are, are willing to go to these lengths and like take such big risks in order to have a baby it really upsets me a lot it's horrible and also like um in america you have like obviously we've got the nhs over here but in america you have insurance mm. and um different insurance policies cover different things mm. and i read a story about this woman who had a thyroid cancer and, mm. and her insurance covered everything mm. and then she needed fertility treatment mm. and they would cover nothing right um and so she had to do things like donation she was looking on facebook because oh. she just couldn't afford it like you and 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 so should she not have to and she did she ended up having twins mm -hmm. um it took a long long time so she did ivf through a bank but got she would search facebook or whatever and get and, and get certain medicines that she needed but like it, you know it's so, just so terrible that people want children so badly and then this is what they're going through and then and then that on top of that there's a pandemic and they're in their home and they can't even they can't meet people they they're stuck and like, some people are exploiting the situation yeah. they're in gain it's, yeah. it's very fucked up and you, you read a really a disturbing article about the situation. Yes. So it's actually crazy how the pandemic has affected the surrogacy industry as well. Yeah. Because so all aspects of fertility. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so lots of people go abroad um, to find a surrogate uh, because it's cheaper. Right. So this is what we're talking about. Lots of people need can't afford. Right. Yeah. Right. But different countries have different rules about yeah. it. Different rules so and regulations. A lot of cases um, have seen surrogate babies being stranded in countries like Ukraine, um, Thailand, because of the travel ban. The yeah. Yes. surrogate mother is unable 
unable to deliver the child outside of their country where it might be illegal to do so. Yeah. So surrogate mothers have been giving birth to babies that aren't technically, biologically their children. Yeah. And they've been at such a loss of what to do because, you know, what what can they do? Yeah, maybe they can't afford to take the child home. So some babies have been, you know, left at local hospitals and it's a really, really heartbreaking situation. And then their parents, the the biological parents that have asked the surrogates to surrogates for yeah. them, yeah. are stuck in another country like... Right. Oh my gosh, I have a child exactly. in another country exactly, exactly. because uh, neither can fly to the other because right. of the travel ban. So the travel ban is like such a complicated situation. So currently Thai law only permits surrogacy for Thai couples with a legal marriage certificate or Thai women who have been legally married to a foreigner for more than three years. Um, and the current law also requires that the surrogate mother be related to the mother, uh, must have had a baby before and must have her husband's permission to carry a child. Um, it also bans single women from taking part in surrogacy. And anyone found guilty of participating in commercial surrogacy can be jailed for up to 10 years. And that's really scary because if they are forced to leave the child in the hospital that's not that's biologically not theirs, they might know that they're a surrogate because they'll be like, hang on, this person's given birth to a child that's not biologically related to them. Right. Oh, gosh, it's so difficult. I've got an article here from The New Yorker, and it literally says, The stranded babies of the coronavirus disaster. A Brooklyn couple's daughter was due to be born in April to a surrogate in Ukraine. Then the virus struck. And it's like... This is happening all over the world. People's surrogates can't get their babies back to their parents. so sad because I imagine these people have gone to the ends of the earth anyway. To to, find a surrogate. To to find a surrogate, to have a child. And to actually have your baby be born and then be completely, like, you know, stuck and stranded and, and, like, you can't even get to them. I mean, what what do they what do these people do? Yeah, I've also just realised as well, while we're speaking, I haven't read an article on this, but um, that will completely, the travel ban will completely affect international adoptions as well. Some people, like, fly to a country and stay there for several months before they adopt a child. And then maybe they're stuck there with a the child and the rest of their family's at home. But wait, maybe I've they can't got, get I've to got, the child. I've got a question about these babies, though, um, mm-hmm. who have been kind of, like, you know these lost babies yeah. because are they going to now go into the system I don't know and then it depends what system the country has as well I, I imagine that if someone if they are someone's baby who's used a surrogate that as soon as the travel ban's over that they'll go over and try and get yeah, get but what, baby, what, what but... I want to know is, is the surrogate's mother in that country now going to be penalised or charged somehow because it may be illegal to actually give birth to a surrogate baby in that country? Are they going to get charged or are they going to... Uh, do, do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know I have no idea. Are they going to lie about where that baby came from in order not to, you know, I, go I, to prison? Like, yeah. this is such a messed up situation. Yeah, it's terrible. And I, it, it worries me. I worry that those babies then are going to end up, like, in the system, will we'll never find their biological parents. Also, and these parents are going to be constantly searching for their child. Also, I don't really think it's fair that um, even, even if the laws are different in different countries, um, that only the surrogate should be punished. If it's an illegal thing, then... People shouldn't have used that surrogate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really I difficult. It's like really other difficult. parents, other parents. It's just like, like no one should really be penalised in this situation because yeah. if it was an okay situation legally before to deliver a surrogate child outside of that country, mm. and then a pandemic strikes and you're just unable to, right. then it's, no one should be going to it's not prison. Your fault. Right. Right. Exactly. So we've only got two sperm straws left, haven't yeah. we? Currently stored. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, nice. In this country, which is if you did IUI, that's two rounds of IUI. But if you do IVF, 
the sperm goes a lot longer. Uh, it stretches much further. You can make many embryos with right. two vials of sperm. And- Which is why we kind of have been talking about doing IVF because we think, okay, well, say there just isn't any more sperm, you know, from mm. our donor available anymore. Because of the pandemic. We're going to want to make sure we use it in the best way possible with the best results. Well, so here's another thing I was constantly afraid of. I was constantly afraid that donors can stop being donors anytime and stop donating. Mm. And my biggest fear was that if we didn't buy enough sperm like kind of beforehand but you need money and you need accessible sperm to do that yeah. we're obviously in a pandemic but I worried that if I didn't buy enough sperm I worried that one of us would get pregnant one of us would have our sperm donor's biological baby yeah. and then I worry our sperm donor would stop donating yeah. and then if we had another baby it would have to be another sperm donor and then they wouldn't oh, be related you know at what? all if, if it was a different oh, if it was I know and we did say at one point okay well if that happens that happens we have a great second choice donor yeah. but now now that you're pregnant with this donor I don't I don't think I want to have um, a baby with another donor because then our, our children will be completely unrelated yeah, two uh, eggs it's just two too complicated for me it's just too much it's too it's there's just too many factors there that i can't get on board with now mm-hmm. you see i love our donor i love our donor because i, I, I for me making that decision decision was so big oh, yeah it took so long it took it so long and i'm so with- pleased as well i feel like we lost a baby with this donor we've gained a baby with this donor i only want to keep having children with this person yes that's why i can't i, can, I just cannot choose another i, I couldn't carry um, a baby from another donor now at this stage. Yeah. So it's not about... I mentioned that if we had a different donor, our our children wouldn't be biologically related to each other. That was always the plan. Mm. If we adopted, obviously, then they wouldn't be biologically related to each other anyway. But Rose is saying that if she were to go down the sperm donor route, she, she wants to use our donor that we spent time and energy and now are connected to and yeah. have like a kind of emotional, spiritual yeah. relationship with. That is our donor. Like my our child might grow up and have access to that donor right because those are the laws in England yes they have to have non-anonymous donors for us to be able to yeah give birth right and you know if we if we decided to have you know a different donor for baby number two then when our children got to sort of the age where they could access their donor's profile and make contact then obviously they'd both have you know separate yeah, uh, experiences. experiences. Could have two very different experiences. And one could be good, one could be bad, both could be good, both could be bad. But again, yeah. it's just a, a route that I don't feel as comfortable in doing. Yeah. Wow, that was a heavy episode. That was a lot. I think it's really important that people know about how difficult it is and how this has affected us. You know, like I said, it's been nearly a year yeah. since coronavirus came to England. And yeah. yeah and it's I've, affecting people yeah. heavily. In every in every aspect of their lives. Yeah. But the good news is we have booked to have our nursery decorated. Yes, and that so is the good news. That's the main <laughs> thing that people should take away from this episode. Okay, Absolutely. the tiny turtles will be on the wall. Okay, the blinds are getting put up. It's getting done. Things are moving on. Things are moving on. (laughs) Um, So next week, Rosie and I are going to be talking about how our lives are physically going to change. Yeah, our environment. I've cleaned the floor twice in two days just because I've got two dogs and it's muddy. So throwing a baby in there, you know, get all the toys. Uh, It's going to be a mess. Is it going to be a mess, Rosie? Is Um, it going to be a mess? Everyone says, oh, just you wait till you have a baby. It'll be messy. Well, what annoys me is babies don't make mess. They make laundry, but Mm, they don't make mess. They sick and they poop and so you have to wash things. But they're they're not like getting their things out and then leaving them around and not putting them back they're a baby that's true so it'll be you don't know how tidy we can be it'll you have be, no idea they've got no clue you haven't conmarried your house you watch me anti-back my skirting boards bitch yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. um, so we're going to be talking about that and my mental breakdown over things just being so disorganised mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll have some kind of 
control over that, Rosie. Yeah. How our lives are physically changing, because I think we've spoken a lot about the emotional, but actually, things are changing. And they're changing fast. <laughs> Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance is a Spotify original from BBC Studios. It's produced by Leila Navabi. The executive producers are Rihanna Coleman and James Cater for Spotify and Julie McKenzie for BBC Studios. To never miss an episode, make sure you're following Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance on Spotify and to join in the conversation, use the hashtag Rose and Rosie PG. See you next time. <laughs>